This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? Greta Thunberg there, the young climate activist who's ignited a global movement of youth refusing to back down on the climate crisis. And now at UN headquarters in New York, she sits face to face with the world leaders her and fellow youth have been demanding action from. My message is that we'll be watching you. <laughs> Delivering an emotional speech on political inaction and the fate of our planet she kicked off the UN's first ever full-on climate summit today at the top of the 74th General Assembly debates. Welcome to The Lit Is On, a climate summit special. I'm Natalie Hutchison, and next up you'll hear some highlights from the Climate Action Summit, where innovators, heads of state, and other international organizations from various regions of the world have showed up with answers to the Secretary General's constant plea for concrete plans on how to combat this global crisis of our time. UN Chief Antonio Guterres has been steadfast in his expectations for the summit, the first of its kind, repeatedly urging members to do without grand speeches and instead bring their clear actions on how to build a safer, cleaner planet. Nearing four years since the world decided on a collective response to lower carbon emissions, the 2015 Paris Climate Accord, member states brought answers to the stage on Monday. From the science to the funding, representatives explain just how they've committed to greening their cities and implementing sustainable strategies for ensuring their efforts don't go to waste. From the beginning, I said the ticket to entry is not a beautiful speech, but concrete action. And you are here with commitments. In the lead segment on carbon neutrality, here's UN Special Envoy for Climate Action, Mr. Michael Bloomberg. The most important thing that we can do is to phase out coal as fast as possible. And we are making progress. Since we started Beyond Coal in 2011, more than half of the United States' coal plants have closed, 297 out of 530. A growing number of U.S. cities and states and businesses have committed to reaching net zero emissions. These states would by themselves form the world's fourth largest economy. Next on the stage, French President Emmanuel Macron on climate finance. France will take on its responsibilities. We have already ended any new oil exploration on French soil. Now, the second part of this positive agenda. I think we need to have a trade agenda that serves the climate agenda. When we are trading, we have to be consistent. I don't want to see new trade negotiations open with countries who are running counter to the Paris Agreement. I think that that would be deeply hypocritical given all of the debates that we continue to have today and also in previous days. 
we need to have a carbon neutral Europe and we need to have zero imported deforestation. This is essential. This is a deep change. It is a real revolution. And it doesn't mean that we don't import certain things, but that any imports should have a negative consequence. We need, if there is a negative consequence in terms of deforestation, for example, that has to be compensated for. If not, we'll continue to have fine words, but a trade agenda that runs counter to those words. And on the link between coal phase-out and human health, Executive Director of Clean Air Fund, Ms. Jane Burston. Air pollution kills 7 million people every year, and many millions more suffer with chronic conditions that are caused or exacerbated by air pollution. I want you to imagine the schoolgirl gulping for air on the roadside because of an asthma attack brought on by air pollution. The causes of climate change are very often the same as the causes of air pollution. Burning fossil fuels like coal is one of them. It contributes two-thirds of outdoor air pollution. The solutions, therefore, can also be the same. Renewable energy, electric mobility, more walking and cycling, to name just a few. And in economic terms, the OECD and the World Bank calculate that tackling air pollution will actually save us money, trillions a year. So I urge the leaders gathered here today to respond to the World Health Organization's call to action and to put tackling air pollution at the top of your agenda because clean air is a human right and together we can make it a human reality. Thank you. Turning it over to Costa Rica, the good news is... Buenas tardes. Good afternoon, Secretary General, Excellencies. It is possible for a country to support its economy with electricity coming from 99% renewable sources. Is it possible, yes or not, or no? Is it possible for a tropical country that had the highest uh, rate of deforestation in the world in 20 years to revert that process? Is it possible, yes or no? Is it possible? to achieve growth and economic well-being at the same time as we invest in nature, yes or no? Today, what I want to tell you categorically is that the answer is yes. Yes, we can do it. Yes, it is possible because Costa Rica, as a middle-income country, has been able to do this. There is no excuse for countries with more resources and possibilities to do the same. Carlos Alvarado Casada, President of Costa Rica. Getting down to the science, Prime Minister of Iceland, up next. Iceland's electricity and heating now comes 100% from renewables. Was this hard work? Yes. Did it cost? Of course. But clean energy transformation was perhaps our best investments in terms of both the economy and the quality of life. And I am convinced that the investment we are making now in implementing an energy shift in our transport system is going to be vital to fight the climate crisis, but also going to be a very good investment for our society and our economy. In Iceland, we have lost 95% of our woodlands since settlement and half of the fragile volcanic soil. And we are now reversing this. 
Our island is getting greener. This year, the government launched new projects to heal the land and soak up carbon from the atmosphere. At the same time, we are using innovation to pump carbon dioxide underground, transforming carbon dioxide into solid minerals in basaltic rock. Speaking for small islands, often bearing the brunt of climate change, Barbados Prime Minister Mia Amor Motley. The science is clear, and the evidence is even clearer, that the lives of our people have been lost and properties abandoned, and these tell the story far better than any speech we can make in this great hall. The AOSIS, the Alliance of Small Island States, needs to keep temperatures increases in this global community to less than 1.5 to stay alive. Not to thrive, but to stay alive. We have as well to look at how best we can blend our public resources, and to that extent, our country has introduced natural disaster clauses in our bonds, as have other countries in the region. Barbados, therefore, recognizes the urgency of hosting an insurance colloquium for interested leaders at the national and state levels of independent nations and dependent territories to confront what we believe will be a growing crisis with respect to the affordability of insurance in our countries. Similarly, we believe, Mr. Secretary General, that the real solution is for us not to keep asking people to make commitments that are small in the hope that we reach there. But the global community must accept that it is within our power to halt and reverse climate change. If the world can make it possible to have driverless cars, then we surely can find it possible to be able to find the technology to halt and reverse this climate crisis. Secretary General Antonio Guterres reaffirmed that though time is running out, we can still take steps to improving the health of the planet. Time is running out, but it's not too late. So let us heed the calls of wise leaders, religious, business, and especially young people who are taking to the streets to demand that we change our relationship with nature now. Let us lace up our running shoes and win the climate race for us all. Thank you. You've just heard innovators, heads of state, and international organizations presenting solid solutions to this pressing issue of our time at the UN's Climate Action Summit here in New York. We'll have more coverage for you this week as high-level meetings continue to get underway during this busy time at headquarters. Follow along at unnews.org for the latest and be sure to check out our new uncomplicated podcast on SoundCloud aimed at demystifying what goes on here at the United Nations. This has been a special edition of our flagship podcast, The Lid Is On. I'm Natalie Hutchison. Thanks for listening.